Excellent. Well, good evening, everybody. Um, here we are uh, one more time sitting around the kitchen table. Um, just have three of us tonight, Brother Mike, Brother Mark, and myself. Uh, but we've got plenty of coffee to, to share around the table. And I trust we've got a sufficient subject uh, to, to discuss, to reason together, share some thoughts. And uh, we trust um, at all times that it's glorifying unto God. And if it is, it'll be a benefit to us. Um, the, the topic that we're going to try to look at tonight um, it's a, a doctrine taught in scripture that we refer to as the doctrine of representation. Um, I trust that the Lord will bless us to look at a few things that we might see the order by which God has put things in place uh, in, in creation and how the doctrine of representation uh, plays out. Uh, there's a lot of beauty in it, and we trust tonight that by God's grace, we'll be able to uh, to talk about a little bit of it, and, and it'll surface. Um, not to be confused with some of the other things that we talk about relative to the decrees and the order of God, um, such as doctrine of headship and contrast to federal headship. We'll probably talk about federal headship tonight as we discuss representation. But it's important that we rightly divide and that we consider these doctrines uh, as the spirit intends. Um, and I trust tonight we'll be able to speak in a way that will be clear, understandable, and that you'll glean something from it and be edified by it. So we need the help of the Lord that we would do that. Brother Mark, would you please petition unto the Lord tonight? Yes. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for another opportunity to gather together in this mode in these means and uh, take time to uh, study thy word to glean from the scriptures that thou hast given us. We trust that you'll bless each of us as we walk through um, these things together that uh, whatever we say and do would be glorifying to thee and certainly be edifying to each of us and to those that might listen. We trust, Heavenly Father, that thy spirit would guide us in the things that we seek after and that our seeking after is honorably and, and in humility and with just a, a great desire to just to learn more about thee and about thy word and certainly about thy uh, beloved son, uh, Jesus Christ. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. Well, tonight, as you can plainly see, we are uh, missing uh, Elder Holder tonight, and our hearts uh, go out to him, and certainly we miss him, we and we trust that he'll be back with us uh, here real so soon. Yes. Uh, in his absence, we are going to turn to our beloved Mike Montgomery <laughs> to, uh, I'm not going to say fill his shoes, no. Brother Mike. Does but I am going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm not sure if I think no, he, he's barefooted a lot. Uh, I would ask you to try to level set us tonight and kick us off into this discussion. If you would, my friend. Well, I'll do the best I can realizing that my best is not going to be nearly good enough, but I did try to jot down some things that I'm going to mostly read because I don't think I can memorize it fast enough just to say it. Uh, I'm just going to read something that, and I've covered it with the two peanut gallery guys here. I think they're okay with it. Hopefully they weren't pulling my legs, so we'll find out. 
So let's first define the, the, the term, and as we use it in the Bible, the doctrine of representation. It's the teaching that the actions of one person can affect other persons. Now, that's very broad, different ways that we can go with that. I mean, you can think of the sins of the Father being visited on the sons. But in this case, what we probably will spend most, if not all the time, is in the really very important aspect of representation that deals with our eternal salvation. So let me continue on. <clears throat> so it's the teaching that the actions of one person can affect other persons. Usually in the case of Scripture, the person whose actions affect others is the people's ancestor, for instance, like Abraham or Adam. Um, we must consider what Scripture says in, in answer to the following questions. And we probably will not get to the depths of these, but they're just questions that come to the fore. For instance, are we held accountable for the actions of others or for only the actions of ourselves? Can one person act in the place of several others? Are we who we are because of who we descended from or because of what we do? Now, whether we answer those questions to everybody's satisfaction, those are a part of this doctrine because they raise those issues. And and so um, we ask them and we go forward. The sort of representation taught in Romans 5, 12, 21, which we'll trust we'll get into more detail later, is sometimes referred to as federal headship. The first man, Adam, was deemed by God his maker, to be the head of the human race. Adam was not merely the natural head of the human race, but their federal head. The difference between natural and federal headship exists in the decision of someone who has the requisite authority and enforceable power to designate a person to act on behalf of others. Right. In this case, God alone possesses the power and authority to make a decision like this and to enforce it. Federal headship bears some striking similarities to the federal form of government. In a federal government, people vote to serve who, who they, they vote for who will serve them and act in their best interest in Congress. The representative acts not merely on behalf of his constituents, though. To do so makes him only the people's agent, who bears little, if any, real consequence for his actions on their behalf. However, as his constituents' federal representative. He acts both for himself and for them. His actions are therefore deemed by law to qualify both as his actions and as the actions of his constituents. Therefore, his actions are the actions of his constituents. Any good that results from his actions belongs not just to him, but to his constituents. Conversely, any consequences that result from mistakes and errors he makes while in the capacity as federal representative, adhere not just to his constituents, but to him too. The legal authority holds his constituents just as guilty as it does him. His crimes are theirs. They, along with him, have to pay for his mistakes, and that is because the legal authority considers him as them. Guilt can be assessed against someone who was caught in the very act, of course. Guilt can also be assessed to those who the legal authority deems to be extensions of the guilty. He is guilty by deed, and they are guilty by imputation. 
To be guilty by imputation means to be just as guilty of committing the crime as the one who committed it. As can be seen from the above, the responsibility placed on the federal head is immense. The consequences are huge. Although such an arrangement may seem unfair, it is nevertheless a just arrangement. For example, voters agree by their vote to put themselves legally in the hands of someone else. We know that our representatives vote in our name, so to speak, that when they cast their vote in Congress, it was as if we were there casting that vote. If we inherit passive, passively, that is, characteristic traits, not just from our parents, but our ancestors too, then there's no amount of crying unfair that will change that fact. It is what it is. By being born a human, we are both naturally and legally connected to our father, Adam. By being born again, we are both spiritually and legally connected to our spiritual father, Christ. We are just as legally justified in Christ as we are legally condemned in Adam. God legally made Adam and Jesus federal heads of their respective families. God only authorized these two men to be federal heads, and we are therefore in Adam or in Christ. We all were in Adam, but Christ died to save us from our union with Adam and from the consequences of that union, for it is in the death of Christ that we find the atonement that severed our union with Adam and forever sealed our union with Christ. So that's my attempt to level set. It's a it's not nearly a Joe Holder level quality. It's but, pretty good, brother Mike. That's yeah, yeah, pretty I'd, good. I'd I say it's it's pretty close runner up, right? I I read it earlier. I liked it better when you said it. I wish I could read it better than I wrote it. <laughs> well, uh, we you, you maybe did, you did. You did good, brother. You did good. <laughs> uh, no doubt, brother Mark. What what do you think about what our dear brother set before us? Uh, level set. Well, it's it's a it's a big level that was set. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, big, big set that was leveled. Yeah, or one or that or a five person. Um, but I know, I mean, obviously in, in that article on representation that, that brother Mark, my brother Mike put together, there is a, what I would consider to be a really high focus on the, that, that concept, biblical concept of federal headship, uh, that you in, in fact brought out and, and used those words, um, in that, but, and I think that's where we're going to end up. Mm-hmm. But there's other representations that are presented to us in the Bible that may be fallen that may fall under the umbrella of federal headship, but aren't direct federal headship in the lesson they teach. And like we talked about in Hebrews chapter seven, um, it's really hard to talk about Hebrews chapter seven in a in a compact way. Uh, at least <laughs> yeah. it is for me. Yeah. Uh, me too. Well, I mean, any part of Hebrews, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> because this detail that Paul gives of this man by the name of Melchizedek, uh, it's the most detail that we get uh, about this man. Uh, he's, he's mentioned in the book of Genesis when he, he, uh, when Abraham, uh, when he met Abraham after the slaughter of the Kings, 14 chapter. But, but in, in Psalms one ten and yep. four, there's a direct correlation made between 
the order of Melchizedek mm. and the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. in in particular to the priesthood of Christ. I believe right. Psalms one ten and four says, "The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever Ever. after yeah, the order Lord. of Melchizedek." It sure does. Well, Paul picks that up. And in the midst of this, this long discourse on the priesthood of Christ, Hebrews chapter three, verse one, uh, in the middle of this discourse, he brings Melchizedek in and shows a, I, I believe two representations in this lesson about Melchizedek and about the encounter between Abraham and Melchizedek. He says the last verse of chapter six, um, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then in chapter seven, verse one, he says, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem. I mean, he just says, you know, I mentioned him. Let's talk about him for a minute. But his focus really isn't on Melchizedek per se, as much as it is on who Melchizedek represented. Right. Yeah. Right. And then there's another representation that I think brings in those two, the, the, the first man, Adam, second man, Jesus Christ, it brings in those two. Cause he says for this Melchizedek King of Salem, priest of the most high God met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the Kings and blessed him. So that's key to whom also Abraham gave a 10th part of all first uh, being uh, by interpretation, king of righteousness, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. So that's the second big thing. First one, Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Yeah. Second one, Abraham paid tithes. Yep. So those are the two keys. Now we're gonna we're gonna skip down, but allow me to say Melchizedek was a real man. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, he was a human man. Yes. Uh, and. It's not a the the importance of the lesson is not about Melchizedek, but right. it's about his order. That's right. it. Because That's I believe so every time we see Melchizedek, it's always relative to the order Amen. of Melchizedek. So then if you go down a little bit more, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> This that's is really enough. hard. This I, I is really hard. Yeah, that's that's a lot of restraint, bro. <laughs> oh, it says in verse. Uh, seven and without all contradiction, let me read verse six, but he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that hath the promises. Mm -hmm. This is really tough, <laughs> but I'm moving on. And without all contradiction, the less, the less Abraham is blessed yes. of the better, better Melchizedek. Yeah. Okay. So hold that in, hold that in, keep that in your thoughts and hear men that die receive tithes. So he's talking about Levi, but there he receiveth of him of whom it is witness that he liveth. Okay. So the order of Melchizedek in about, you know, well, Melchizedek, he wasn't a real person, or he was an angel, or he was the Lord, or, you know, it says that without father, without mother, it is, it is elevating the order, a usage of those things with regard to Melchizedek. It's not about Melchizedek, right? It's about who Melchizedek represented. And if Melchizedek blessed Abraham and Abraham was the less blessed of the better, then that's a representation of Jesus Christ in his priesthood. Mm -hmm. But there's another important aspect to that. 
it says in verse nine, and as I may so say, Levi also who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. So here's your next representation. (laughs) So it's not, and we all know that the tribe of Levi, in accordance to the law, their inheritance were were the tithes paid to God that God gave to them, right? Right. Right. It's not, I mean, in all honesty, Israel was never commanded to pay tithes to Levi. They were commanded to pay tithes to the Lord, and then the Lord provided for Levi, right? Right. So here it says, Levi also who receiveth tithes paid tithes. Well, how on earth did he do that? For he was yet in the loins, the loins of, his of father, the father when Melchizedek met him. So what's the point of all of that? It's all about the representation. Number one, the order of Melchizedek is a representation of the priesthood of Christ and that his priesthood is not in conjunction whatsoever with the Levitical priesthood, right? Right. Scripture says that law said nothing about the priest coming out of Judah, and that's where Jesus Christ came from, right? So it's about the order of Melchizedek, the priesthood of Christ, but then he shows the perfection of the Mm. priesthood of Christ. You know, we always say types and shadows go to a Mm. certain point, and then they fail, right? right? Why do they fail? They typically fail because of the man. Yeah. or the woman yeah. that is casting the shadow at some point, the sinful nature of, of human is it destroys the shadow, but up to that certain point, it does it. If therefore were perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, Paul is saying the order of the priesthood of Christ is what matters. And it was it's after the matters. order of Melchizedek because Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. If perfection, therefore, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people receive the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek Melchizedek. and not be called after the order of Aaron? And you can can, you can read on in chapter seven. You can go into chapter eight. You can see that that the Levitical priesthood were never made priests with an oath, and it was the the reason was that they died. They couldn't uphold any oath to continue forever as a priest. They died. It sounds a lot like Romans chapter five, verse 12. But anyway, I'll let brother Mike, brother Jerry get into that. (laughs) Um, So, but Christ was made after a promise and with an oath and Melchizedek foreshadowed that and represented Christ and Levi and, and Abraham represented us in that we are the less, yeah. and he is, is the, the better. Yeah. And even Levi, he took care of that. You know, God didn't get halfway through this and think, I got to fix something. Yeah. No, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yes, he did. Right? He knew Soccer, what he was huh? doing with the law, but he knew what he was doing with Abraham right. and Levi before right. the law and paying tithes right. to this man called that's Melchizedek. Right. Now, yeah. that's those are great representations, one of the Lord Jesus Christ and one of us with mm. regard to the, the priesthood of Christ and him being all of ours, the elect family of God. He is all of our priests yes. and we don't go to a man. We go to him. Right. right. So those are great representations. Now I think the duality of those two representations flow right into Romans chapter 12, oh. but I'll, I'll let one of y'all uh, take it from there. <laughs> Well, brother, brother Mike, if you want to tag on to anything out of Hebrews seven, 
that brother Mark teased you with and brother, <laughs> I think you, I think you went through that expertly. I you showed, so. you showed such restraint. Like, I know. <laughs> but in my, in my humble estimation, I think you, you were blessed to bring it forth clearly. I do too. I think you nailed it. And, and, and I, I think Paul brought it forth really clear. Well, in my, in, indeed, in, in my indeed he did. And you did so. a, you did a good job encapsulating yeah. those things that Paul set forth uh, and, and the types are, are the representations that are spoken of there. Uh, and, and for me, how it connects and brother Mike, I, honestly, I am going to let you uh, jump in on Hebrews seven, if you want to add to it, but I just want to make this one point. Go man, go for it. Relative to, uh, to looking at Romans five, which we all want to look at, right? Because it speaks of eternal things and it speaks of our, our spirituality in Christ. We love looking at those things, but those examples of representation are not lost. They're not lost because it's, it, it speaks to the same thing that Paul speaks to in Romans five. And that is the, overwhelming superiority of the person of Christ and grace above everything else. And Paul spares no words and descriptives in either Hebrew seven or in Romans five, or even in first Corinthians 15, when he's speaking of, of the body, he, he, he spares no words to bring us to that point. Um, Isn't that precious? Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in or maybe have your mind confused with with how detailed things are with God. He leaves no loophole for us. Exactly. And if we'll continue to dig and look at things like this, listen, we know the end of the matter. Head to Christ, whatever you're looking at, <laughs> head to Christ. But what a beautiful journey. Yeah, that that it is, I, and you you took us on one tonight, brother Mike. It, what what's on your mind? Nothing really. I don't. Know. <laughs> if you're like Mark, your knees bouncing right yeah, now. My, my knees, my elbows, my wrists. My oh ankles. my goodness! Uh, but you know, again, brother Mark, that was excellent, 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 and it does it does give us a straight beeline. Mm-hmm. To uh, understanding a lot about what the Apostle Paul was saying in Romans five twelve through twenty one. Yes, because if you get the idea that Levi was passive in the paying of tithes, mm. I mean, to, to to our way of thinking, he didn't even materially exist. Uh, he was, it says, in the loins of his father, and yet we know Abraham was his great great grandfather. Uh. And the priesthood didn't start immediately with Levi, but it it came from Levi's descendants. Mm. So you have all sorts of uh, things that point to a very, 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 very important uh, truth about this doctrine we're trying to talk about, this doctrine of representation. You sometimes are what you are. And you are the result of things that you have no control over. And that doesn't mean God absolutely predestinated. I'm just saying, look, in life, uh, I, I inherited certain traits from my parents. I didn't ask for them, but I got them anyway. I, I passed on traits to my children that I wish they hadn't gotten. 
the, and they wish they hadn't gotten. But you yeah. see, yeah. <laughs> representation is it all goes back to the great lesson of Adam and Christ and mm -hmm. how That's right. they are portrayed in Scripture. Because in Romans five fourteen, I believe it is at the end of that powerful verse, it says about Adam who is the figure of him, of him that was to come. Right. Uh, I, if Brother Joe was with us right now, he would be saying, that's right. And, you know, we got to be careful about who, what we say are figures or types of Christ. Well, here we have it. The Apostle Paul says yep. explicitly, Adam was a figure. Mm -hmm. He prefigured Christ. And the question sometimes comes, well, in what ways did Adam prefigure Christ? I right. think, Jerry, you could tell us ways that they don't. Adam was nothing like Christ. He was the well, opposite yeah. of Christ. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Mean, the, he, the list was, is long. <laughs> yeah. And the list is long. Uh, but one of the things that I, it really gripes me about people is that they say, well, Adam loved his wife, and so that's why he ate the fruit. You know, have you ever thought maybe if he really loved his wife, he would have got on his face before God and begged for the life of his wife. He didn't That's have to exactly eat that right. fruit to say, I mean, he needed to go to God and beg for God's forgiveness. I mean, that maybe, maybe that's all supposition, but I say this whole thing about Adam loving his wife. Well, I don't doubt that he did, but I don't think he ate the fruit because he loved his wife. Right. Uh, and yet, we use that as a sense of, in the way that Adam prefigured Christ. Here's the only way, the only way that Adam prefigures Christ is that he represented That's right. those who descended from him, and Christ represented those that descend from him. Of course, for Adam, it's the natural, it's the whole race of man. Yep. For Christ, it's the spiritual seed. It's, right. the, it's the elect of God, the elect family of God. And I'm going to say about Romans 5, 12, Paul is not talking about election. His point is not to no. say Christ only died for his elect. And, you know, that's not election is not his point. May I say federal headship and the origin of sin is not his primary purpose no. in those verses. No. His Amen. purpose is to show union to Christ. Right. That's and right. his proof is, which is a very strong proof because nobody can deny it, we are united to Adam whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not. That's right, Brother Mike. We are united to them. And and we suffer for things he did, and we suffer as those who are guilty of doing those things that he did. Yep. And as a matter of fact, that's what Romans 5.12 says. That's right. Yep. Wherefore, as by one man... Sin, sin entered, entered in, into the world, and death and by sin, death by sin. Death passed upon all men for that... All have sinned. Right. Right. That that a, word, that, that statement, Mike, passed yeah. upon, uh, by, by definition, it's pierced through. Pierced hmm. through. Pierced That's interesting. through. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I mean, the, the word picture of that. Um, and, In other and words, you it could, stabs us all. <laughs> yeah, it stabs, right. it stabs yeah. us all. It's like you, a sentence that a judge passes and he says, you're all guilty. I mean, you're, you're all guilty. guilty. It's passed yeah. upon. And we can't blame Satan for sin being in the world. I mean, who, no. who knows what Satan, I mean, who, look, that's, that's it. It's irrelevant to the discussion. It, it right. is irrelevant Absolutely. to the discussion. It's, man is responsible for sin. Amen. Afflicting us. Man Amen. is the cause of sin in the world. And that sin it wasn't sins that Adam did. It was one uh, sin. One, one, one sin by one sin. man. The one thing he was told not to do, he did. That's right. And I, I hasten to add, 
the 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 problems didn't start when Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Correct. No, the law was not given no, to we her. We were still Correct. safe, so far as I can tell, but we we all doomed when Adam ate the fruit because God made right. the law with Adam. And so this this gets us to the idea of federal headship. It's it's not just that Adam is the natural head of the, the human race. Of course he is, but there there is a God legally authorized Adam to 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 uh, represent all of his descendants, such that whatever he did, they did. Yep. If he obeyed, whatever blessings he got from obedience went to them. But if he disobeys in that one way. The, the consequences go to his descendants. You know, Brother Mike, I, you just made a really, I think, very important point. And I, I think if I understand this right, or at least here's how it hits me, and you guys can either agree and expound or uh, throw to the side and talk about something else. <laughs> Verses 13 through 17 is they're parenthetical. Right. They're, they are descriptive. Yes. Paul uses tremendous language and points of description to not just support his point and what he's really going after that you already clearly stated. And that is the, the amazing grace and superiority of Christ and, and That's his the atoning whole point work. That That's the whole point. And Paul never leaves that. Right. He never leaves that. Adam's not the point. Christ is the point. That's exactly right. right. And much as Brother Mark set forth in Hebrews Amen. 7, as, as Paul adds blocks upon another to, to bring us to the ultimate point, that's what he does here in Romans 5 yeah. as well. And those parenthetical verses don't leave them. We'll look at them. We need to look at them. I'd love for us to look at them. Um, if time permitted, yeah. If time permits. But just read this in connection with what you just said. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. You clearly said how it came into the world. Amen. By one man, Adam. <laughs> and death by sin. That's and the wages. That is the wages. That's what God told him. And so death passed, pierced through upon all men for that all have sinned. Now go to the 18th verse. Yeah. Take the parenthetical out. There you go. And just read it. Therefore, therefore, what do you mean, Paul? Therefore, go read verse 12 again. <laughs> therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. What do we get from our federal head, Adam? We got condemnation. We got condemnation. We got the judgment of God. That's what we got. I mean, it's not a it's not a matter of if we are condemned no. or how bad we are condemned. And it's not chastisement. It's, it's judgment. Yeah, yeah, it's judgment. not. Yeah, it's this judgment. It's judgment under condemnation. I mean, it's two condemnation. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, we didn't just get sent to time out. No. Okay. <laughs> But, but here's the contrast, and I know I'm breaking this up because it really deserves to be read in its entirety. But uh, by as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men, federal headship, to condemnation. How many are, are brought to condemnation through judgment? All, all men, all that Adam represented. Yes. And Paul makes the point in verses 13. Without exception. He says, even so... Even so, you have to love that by the righteousness of one, 
Not ours, but his. Can't be Adam either. By Adam came That's right. judgment to condemnation. So it has to be somebody else. <laughs> the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. Now, there's an important point here that we're going we're gonna to tug at here in a little bit. I'm not going to do it right now. But consider Paul's language in verses 13 through 17. He uses the term many a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Verse 18, he uses the term all. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, I believe. There's a reason. We're talking about representation. We're talking about federal headship. Okay. Uh, I personally, I'll just say this clearly. There was, and one of you already said it, there was absolutely no escape as it relates to the judgment that came under condemnation because of the federal head, Adam. There's absolutely no possibility that one that Christ represents will be lost. Amen. Right. All of them, all of them will receive that righteousness that comes through Christ. We had righteousness we, is theirs. His righteousness is theirs. Yeah. And that's why Paul in the 18th verse says all, but that's why you need to go back up and read earlier as he's describing some of the things there, uh, because he makes some very significant distinctions because he'll say, as this was, well, this isn't like this. As as the offense was, oh no, the gift's different than that, <laughs> right? And you and you need to understand why he's making those contrasts. So with that, you guys, I've teed it up. Somebody hit it. <laughs> oh, Mark, go for it, brother. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, go, go, Mark, go, Mark, go. I want to go back to Hebrews seven. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I mean that's I'm I, number one, Jerry. I really appreciate you connecting verse twelve with verse eighteen. So one thing I've, I like to do when there's a parenthetical statement is find the beginning and the end and read the verse just before the beginning. And then the verse just after the end, because it does connect. And I think it's so important to see the therefore in chapter five, verse 18 in conjunction with verse 12. Yes. Now I'm not saying, okay, well, let's throw out verses, you know, 13 through 17, not saying that because that you talked about teeing something up. (laughs) The apostle Paul really tees up the, the premise of his thought process Right. In verses 13 through 17, when he does, and brother Mike, you taught me this a long time ago, when he does that comparison by contrast, here's what Adam did. Here's what Christ did. Yep. Here's what happened when Adam did what he did. Here's what happened when Christ did what he did. Yep. And while he's using them as a comparison, it's the completely opposite on the spectrum. Adam, yep. death, Christ, yep life. Yes. Adam, condemnation, Christ, righteousness. righteousness. I mean, it's just Adam, bad, Christ, good. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's just back. I'm sorry, but it's just back and forth like that as he, as he builds and he builds like the, the apostle Paul was blessed to do so often. Yeah. And then he comes right out of that parenthetical statement saying, okay, I've laid all of this down. Yeah. Therefore, right. you know, as by the offensive one, uh, what does it say? As by the offensive one, uh, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. So there's, there's his, this is his summary. His mm-hmm. summary is by Adam's offense. We were 
all judged, condemned. But by the righteousness of Christ, there was a free gift invoked that came upon all that he represented to the justification of life. Um, And Paul, I mean, he carries this right through chapter six, chapter seven, and then he he comes comes out swinging in Romans chapter eight, verse one says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Yeah. I mean, he, it's like, okay, here's, here's the culmination of everything. There is yeah. no condemnation for them, which are in Christ yeah. Jesus. Why? Amen. Because Christ represented us. What I should, I, can I even say it? How let me think of a way to say it. Christ represented us in a, the only perfect way that, only he could do. Yeah. And he, by his nature, by his righteousness, by his sacrifice, overwhelmed anything that Adam did. Amen. But Paul doesn't negate the fact that what Adam did, Adam did. And brothers and sisters, we're still dealing with it today. Right. Oh, we are. You, yes, you, yes, we are. I have a question for you guys. Uh, with regards to um, what we're talking about and just the the contrast that I raised between the use of all in verse 18 in contrast to the many that is, um, uh, what is it in verse? There's one in, there's many in verse 16. Verse 16. And then in verse 19, in verse 19, he goes back to many. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I've had this discussion and I've never really, uh, you know, come to a place where I was hundred percent satisfied, but I had this thought, I want to put it in front of you. I don't want to derail our conversation, but you know what? It's good to put it out there and talk about in verse 19, Paul makes a statement for us by one man, one man's disobedience. Many were made sinners. Now, categorically right away that throws out the heresy of absolute predestination mm-hmm. because it was by Adam's disobedience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that sin came into the world, not his obedience. That's another topic, but he moves back to the use of many in, in verse 19, many were made sinners, but so by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. Is it possible? This is a thought that verse 18 and brother Mark, you said it because he's, you said Paul's making uh, beginning a summary point, right? He's gone through all of the descriptive. It connects back to 12. He's making a summary point. Is it possible that the use of all in verse 18 has more to do with the decree than it does the actual work that Adam performed by which many were made sinners and the work of Christ by which many were made righteous? Paul uses those those uh, terminologies to to make mark distinction. That's what we're talking about tonight. Right. Is the doctrine of representation? To me, verse nineteen says more about the decree that in Adam all died, and in Christ shall all be made alive, without exception. Does that resonate with you guys, or is that taking it in a direction that it ought not to go? No, I think, I think it does. It, it well, it, it resonates with me. And let me just say this, and then I'm going to give way to brother Mike in, cause you quoted, you went to first Corinthians chapter 15, right? Verse 22, mm. uh, whereas in Adam all die, even yeah. so in Christ, all right. made, made alive. The, the way I've 
looked at that and tried to look at that is all in Adam die. All in Christ are made alive. Yeah. Right. And so there in pulling that out of first uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, and tying that to your point about the, the, what'd you call it? The creed? Is that what you it, said? I said, it's, it's a decree, a it's decree. A, yeah. It's a decree, decree uh, of yeah. God. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it's impossible for it not to be this way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Brother Mike, you look have a puzzled well, look on your face. I, I don't know. I don't want to bring this text in, but I'll just quote it, and then I'll let everybody spin for hours later. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think Hebrews nine twenty seven speaks to that. Says, okay, as it is appointed unto men once to die, oh, but after ah. this the judgment. Boy, that's a mouthful right there. And, and yes, yeah, people have made hay out of that text that didn't need to be making. <laughs> out of, and I can tell you what it's not saying. It's not saying that. Uh, there's a chance you might yet make it if you can get your ledger cleared. No, no sir. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> if any, if, if Romans 5, 28, 18, I'm sorry, 18 proves anything, the judgment has already been made. Yes, absolutely. It's, God's Thank not you. a guessing. He's not a wondering. Nope. Thank you. He's not adding and taking away and all that in a big ledger. That's so, the best way to say that right the there. Judgment Mike. has been passed. Yeah. And somebody says, well, what about the great judgment, the final judgment? Well, what about it? I mean, yeah. all I can say is this, because of what Christ did for his people, they are they have passed from death unto life. Unto life. Yeah. They passed from that state of condemnation to, to, right, to justification of life. And uh, for those who are not covered by the blood of Christ, they will have to face the tribunal. Yeah. Because... Although we could easily say, and, and would be wrong, I think, to say we go anybody who goes to hell goes there simply because they're a descendant of Adam. Mm. No, I think the Bible says like says it like this: anybody who goes to eternal woe misery will be told why they're going. It, right, yeah. they're yeah. Amen. They go. Yeah. Amen. That's right. But it's it's no it's not wrong to say that that the sin that we inherited from Adam is the root of all. Problems. It's the one that brought about the specter of eternal death. Amen. Death is seen in its absolute sense. Death by sin, not just physical death, right? But eternal death. Death in in, in its absolute finality. When when God does pronounce judgment. So I, I say uh, whether you want to call it a a judgment or a declaration on the last day when the Lord. Like a like a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he's going to say to his sheep, and then he's going to say to the goats, whatever you want to say, the the wicked will be told in no uncertain terms why you are going where you're going. Right. Yes. Right. And the you know, only it, ones who avoid that are those yeah. whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right. right. And they right. have been judged. They in didn't Christ. do anything except <laughs> That's right. God wrote their names there, and Christ died for them. No, amen I, to that. I want to say something also about this, if, if I may, uh, about something I think Brother Mark brought up about um, the over the superabundance. You know, I immediately thought of uh, Romans five twenty one. Oh yes, <laughs> and I love how I love what that verse says. Oh my goodness, he yes. Says, Moreover, the law yeah. entered that right. the offense. Might abound. Now, what law oh. is he talking about? He's not talking. Yeah. He's talking about the Mosaic law, if I understand what law he's talking I about. I believe that. Yes. Yep. But his whole point up to then has been uh, that there was a law. 
that was transgressed. And right. The transgression of that law that brought sin and death. That brought sin. Yep. But it was not the transgression of the Mosaic law. Right. 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 Uh, because people lived, were born, lived, and died all from the time of Adam to the giving right. of the law on Mount Sinai. Now, why, right. do people, why do people die? I mean, physically die in this, in this sense. It's because they have sin. It's not because they're terrible people, except they're human beings who are all descendants of Adam, and from Adam they inherited that fallen nature, which has the sentence of death uh, over it. And so people die, uh, little children who have not had a chance to, to practice sin, as we would say. They die. Why do they die? It's not for something that they did, except for what that they were descendants of the man who uh, brought sin to the world of humanity. Kind of lets you know how much God hates sin. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. People die because they are descendants of Adam. Mm. Does that seem fair to uh, the people out there in in, uh, the broadcast land? People say, well, how unfair that we should have to suffer for what somebody did. Mm. Well, you know what? The fact is the facts. People die every day. People die. The sixth chapter chapter of is is the uh, funeral chapter. If you want, you know, these people lived 900 and something years. And they died. And they died. And they died. died. (laughs) Why did they die? It's because they're descendants of Adam, fallen nature Adam. Yep. But why won't, and people will say, okay, that's right. I can't deny the facts. Then why would anybody deny that what Christ did yeah. is every bit actually far more potent far than more. what Adam did. You know, we, we say yes, we don't have a say so in our natural inheriting our natural nature. Sorry, natural nature, our nature of Adam. But you've got to accept Christ in order to get the nature of Christ, mm. so that you won't. You know, who who's got the power then? Yeah, sound like Adam's more powerful than. The one he's the figure of, and it's like I think Brother Mark said that the the type is always inferior to the antitype. Yeah. No matter what, especially when the antitype is Jesus Christ. So I love the 19th verse, by the way, because just like you said, the 18th verse it starts with the therefore, the 12th with the wherefore, and the 18th with the therefore, and then the 19th, which to me is the it's like the it is the tagline. <laughs> all that he said. Yeah. What does it say, Jerry? What does that nineteen verse say? For as by one man, one man's yeah. disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. And did you catch two things? One was many were made. Yes. And many shall be made. Shall. And the fact that they didn't become, but they were made. That's right. I mean, to me, made is something happens without your, I mean, if you're made to be something, that means you're not the one who, <laughs> you're the one, you're the recipient that, that, of whoever did that, it. That's right. That's Correct. right. So, uh, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And then the right. 23rd verse proves that exactly what you said, Brother Mark. Uh, but every man after his own. Uh, after his own order. Of his own order. First, they. Hang on, I'm oh, getting to it. I can't. Somebody ah. turn to it. First, 
but every man in his own order, right. Christ, the first fruits, afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. That's at the all coming. in Christ. That's yes. the all Christ. That's the all in Christ. Yes. That's the but again, I don't think Paul's point in Romans 5, 12 through 21 is election. Mm. No. Uh, he's he's his point is it's 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 grace through righteousness. It's, and if I may say the wherefore points backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's like asking, well, why do we need all these things you just told us that we get in Christ? What do we get in Christ? Reconciliation, mm. redemption, mm. atonement, forgiveness, life. Yeah. yeah. Life from the dead. Well, why? Because for where as by one man sin entered into the world. This is why this is what Christ did for us to solve the problem caused by the first man. Mm. And it's not like he brought us back to where we were before Adam sinned. No, that's that's not nearly enough. No. He, he took us to a whole different level. And so to everyone out there, if you can accept that we die simply because we're human and we're human because we are descendant mm. of Adam then you have to accept that you are going, you're saved not because you you did something, but because your second Adam, the last Adam, died for you yeah, and, and guaranteed your life in heaven. And that puts a whole different spin on a whole lot of other things oh, for people. Yeah, it certainly does. As a matter of fact, we should look at some of those verses in the 15th chapter. Of First Corinthians, we already have. I mean, kind of anyway. Fifteen, twenty-two, and twenty-three. We've got a few minutes. We can go do that. Let's take a look because yeah. I think it's important to notice again. There's only been two human beings ever established in this sense of federal headship, Adam and Christ. But what we, what we maybe don't learn in Romans, we will learn in, in Corinthians. More about the uh, differences between the first and the second, and we find out why there's only two, and there's only going to be two. Brother Jerry, you got them. Brother Mark, you got them. Well, looking at probably what verses uh, forty-five through forty-nine, I'd say, yeah, would 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 get us probably where we want to go, and probably get us to the hour as well. Um, well we got you know what? Fifty minutes. Yeah, one thing that that. In these verses here, just as a, a, an overview um, that I come away with, uh, it, we we serve the God of order. Uh, I think it's very, very important to acknowledge that um, and to try to understand uh, that God has not hidden his order. He has set it evidently before us that we would look at it and it truly it become undeniable. And right here, I think Paul brings uh, a point of order, if I can, out. Um, and that is that uh, natural life precedes spiritual. Yes. Yeah. That's a very, very, very important yes, component. Okay. Um, and uh, and it's, it's, it's evidentiary. <laughs> it, you can't deny that it is. Now, it's evidentiary in this fact, and this is just a little bit of a sidebar, not, not, not a big one, but, you know, we've been living all of my life. There's been a debate, you know, when does life begin? When does life begin? Well, this verse or this lesson right here answers a, a lot of questions where that's concerned. Mm. Okay. Because we have scriptural evidence mm. 
that spiritual life, right here, Paul says it, that natural life precedes spiritual. And we have scriptural evidence with Jeremiah, with John the Baptist, to name a couple, that spiritual life was given before natural birth. Not natural life. There you go. But natural birth. Right. Right. We serve a God of order. Yes. And if we will look at his order in things such as this, and Brother Mark, again, I commend very much, not that you need my con- commendation, but how you dealt with Hebrews 7 and how the Lord bless you to walk through that. And some people might look at that as a minefield to walk through, you know, people with the fear of exploded. Yes, in that they have exploded in that, in that, in that field. Those who say it was him or pre-incarnate Christ or it's an angel. You know, it exploded. Oh, yeah. 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 Mark, Brother Mark, what would you leave out? Right. I mean, you struggled not wanting to, to skim over. What would you leave out in the process that Paul took us through? What would we leave out of Romans 5? Yeah, nothing. What would we leave out? Right. Uh, we have to be, and right here, we're talking about something that ought to be very important to all of us, uh, is uh, our natural body, our, mm-hmm. our the state of our body. <laughs> So are you going to start with the 44th verse? Is that what you're going to start with? You want me to go there, aren't you? I want you to read the text. Let me read them. I only got three and a half. Let let me read them. Thanks, Brother Mike. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. I'm not going to read 44. (laughs) I'm not going to read 44. And so so it is written, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam... He doesn't say last man, Adam. The last Adam, the last Adam. was made a quickening spirit. It's important. Howbeit that, that was not first. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual. But that which is natural and afterward, that which is spiritual. That's an evidentiary text right there. As it is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall. There's your past and future, Mike, right? As we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also That's bear good. the image of the heavenly. Yep. Sounds like Paul agrees with himself. <laughs> with spiritual and, <laughs> nature, and, and the, you know, the, the spiritual nature and then the, the body. Um what what do you guys have to say about those verses? Well, <laughs> time's time's running yeah. out. We need no, it's not. the no, it's not. No, it's not. I like no, the way Jerry thinks. It's not. I think in whether you're in Romans chapter five verse Romans chapter five or you're in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and brother Mike said it so well. If we accept that we are fallen by nature because of Adam, how can we not say the same thing with regard to that, which is better? Amen. Right. Because Christ is better. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Hebrews chapter eight, that he has made the mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. I mean, he's there's Christ is always better. Always. He's the best. Right, but scripturally, he's better. Why? Why would we deny that? I'm a sinner because of Adam. I'm saved because of Christ. 
I mean, it's it's that. And and Mike opened the door with nine and twenty-seven of Hebrews and he didn't close, he left it wide open. <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything with it. But that process, natural, spiritual, natural, spiritual, natural is first, spiritual is second. And brother Mike made a good point. You made that point about what verse, uh, verse 45, where it says the first man, Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, the last Adam. Why is he last? Because he's the best. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, oh my God. There's no one after there's, him like that either. There's, there's no, no one, one after, him. after him. There's no one after him. He's, he's the it. Best. Why? Cause he's the best. He's the best. Moreover. The law entered that the offense might abound, <laughs> but where sin abounded, grace did sin much more abound. Much Why? Because more. grace is better. Amen. Boy, because it comes from that which is best. Oh, even I okay, can I've got to that. I got to stop. I got to yeah. stop. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, Jerry didn't want to read that 44th verse, so I was just going to have to read it. I, you go ahead and read it, will you? I left it for you. Uh, it is this. There is... A it is it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a mm-hmm. spiritual body. Here's what I like yeah. about the text. Many things I like about the text. I love that text. Mm-hmm. For one thing, what goes into the ground is coming up out yeah. of the ground. Yeah. Not something else. That's right. Same thing, but changed. Yeah. yeah right. That's right. Like a seed sown. Yeah. I got some corn coming up in my garden, brethren. I hope to have some sweet ears. In the next couple of years, but yeah. one little you put one little corn, one little kernel, and then this beautiful stalk of green stalk, and then it bears all. Anyway, the point is, resurrection is glorification is not the giving of a new; it is the change of an yes. old to something superlative. The best, yes. amen. amen. Also, also, it says there is. Just there is a spiritual body, just like it's a fact. There is a natural body. It's a fact. Paul's saying it's yeah, a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. He's not guessing. Yep. It's a fact. Yeah, it is a fact. It is a fact. But before we can uh, have the image of the where the the spiritual body, we got to put up with the natural body. Mm-hmm. But it's this natural body that's going to become the spiritual body, right? right. right. The reason why it is is because the second man, Adam, the last Adam. Is the Lord from heaven? Yes. Amen. And what we get, we get the heavenly, we ha, we get the heavenly goodies from Him. <laughs> we got the earth, the old dust, dust. <laughs> yeah. From the first, and right. Uh, we, the fifteenth chapter, verse. Oh man, what a beautiful chapter that is. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. It's no, no doubt. To end any discussion, isn't it? I mean, it's just a wonderful. wonderful. You know, I love the point that you just that you you made just now, Brother Mike. Um, the 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 statement of fact: as we have a natural body, we so too shall have a spiritual yeah. body. There is. I think there is, without question, and and Paul uses obviously the right words as inspired by the Spirit. He doesn't say that we're of uh, the earth earthly. Mm. He says we're of the earth earthy, earthy. yeah, earthy, earthy, and earthy. you made the earthly point, earthy. earthy. Now, what's and the difference there, between an, earthly and earthy? Well, it's a it, it's a, a, an important distinction. Earthy is that which comes from <laughs> the earth. 
earthly is that which maybe embodies earthliness, nature, if you will, yeah, the, nature. the nature of it. But uh, what that what that really does in my mind is that it it cements yet even further the factual nature in which Paul deals with the resurrection here. Uh, and in the same way, he deals with it factually uh, relative to our spiritual life in Christ, too, by God's grace. How superior it is. Oh, what a great doctrine, you guys. Yeah, we mm. just scratched the surface, too. I mean, we, oh, my gosh, we did. We just barely scratched Hopefully the Hopefully, it will over. encourage all who listen to want to study more about it. And I hope, it's, I hope you find it edifying. And if you do, praise God for it. But there's a lot more meat on the bone, as, as we say. And may God bless us to find it as long as well as you, too. You know, I'm yeah. very grateful for the time I spent with you two, brethren. Oh, yeah, actually, and, and, better it would have been if Brother Joe was here, man. Oh yeah. well, yeah, we we would have gone be beneath the surface, I think. But uh, <laughs> you, but brother. I don't know. I think the Lord blessed uh, the, the the conversation all around. I even think Brother Joe will approve of it. <laughs> I do too. Well, let's uh, let's close with prayer and uh, and bid our listeners adieu. And uh, until next time, Brother Mike. Would you dismiss us by prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us a few moments of time in this busy day to set aside and to think about the goodness of thy word and the promises that are so sure and positive and are amen and amen to us and all because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're so thankful, Lord, for him, for you sending him, for what he did for us, what he's yet doing and what he will continue to do and and lord for that great grand and glorious day when he will raise these vile bodies and fashion them like unto his own precious body lord what a day that will be we're so thankful for the anticipation that you give us the hope and the and the expectation of it the the, the taste of it the scent of it the sight of it by faith we're just so thankful that we get a foretaste of it for from time to time in this old world, and I feel like we've had a foretaste of it in this very, very brief hour in which we scratched the surface of such a glorious doctrine. Thank you for letting us study thy word with such wonderful brothers. Bless them. Bless all who listen. May it please thee, Lord, to let us have more times like this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, say good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>